want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy, Emmanuel Williams. I am back in the kitchen, or the dining room, I should say. I think with a house this small, I don't know if there's actually, like, zones. Like, my real estate agents, like... And I wish I guess I guess I might as well just paint you a picture. So like I have this like this little thirteen hundred dollar hundred dollar goodness gracious like thirteen hundred square foot house. It's like it's an open floor concept. Mm-hmm. But when it's a house this small, how really open is it? <laughs> like you got your little kitchen, and then you got this little hallway area that's got my couches and my dining room table, and like. Does anyone the newer really modern houses are like they're all like this. Oh no, 100% 100% agree. Yeah. But like with a house this small, like there's like how like unless I had like a little divider. What's up? Uh unless I had like an actual divider like I don't know. I guess this is just the room. <laughs> so as Kyle has broken it down for me, we're in the great room right now. Yes. We're we're whipping it up. So that voice that you're hearing is my guest today. His name is Kyle Kildall. Say what's up to the people, Kyle. What's up, everybody? Man, it's so, a pleasure. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on. This is actually this was on my bucket list. Like one of the really? things that I, one of the go. things that I wanted to do before I die was actually be a guest on a podcast. Hey, man. Because like I pod- you can die tomorrow. What's that? Oh, I I, I ride motorcycles. <laughs> like I have to I have to be consciously aware of my mortality on a daily basis. But like the I'm cool- saying, I wish death on you, but you. Know. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's only the weeks we play in fantasy. <laughs> Uh, look, we're not even two minutes in and fantasy came up. Of course, of course. Let's, let, well, me, well, let me just go ahead. Actually, yeah, go this ahead. is Kyle Kildall, fantasy football champion. Yes. How many championships did you win this weekend? Uh, just one. I lost. You didn't win a, a little No, game? no. Mm. I got uh, Jared Goff destroyed me. Really? Oh, he yeah. did go off. He did go yeah, off. Yeah, because Todd Gurley got all his yards receiving. Yes. I know. That was crazy. Yeah, but... Uh, and it's funny, but like, so you got killed by Todd Gurley on one. Well, basically, I, I got I got a championship by Gurley on one league, and then wrecked by him counterintuitively in the other league. Yeah, but it's funny. I'm surprised. Like, you would have been the first one talking about how you might get the the your mighty savior Garoppolo jersey if the Niners mm. win next week. How about them Niners, man? How about them Niners? Four straight with Garoppolo. <sighs> well, I'm we just might, happy that you got him out of New England. Week. That's man. Like, that, I, I, who was I talking to? Oh, my, my cousin. He's from Boston. Yeah. And I was like, dude, how how does it feel to see your future just take off to, right? to San Francisco? And uh, Tom Brady has what a year or two left. Well, it's like it's it, the way that I would relate to it. It's like if you were a Green Bay Packer fan and the Packers traded away Aaron Rodgers instead of Brett Favre, mm. how would you feel? Mm. Cause like as much that's exactly what it is. Brady's the boogeyman. Like as a diehard Dolphins fan, Brady is the boogeyman. Yeah, but he's forty. This is true. like I'm sore at thirty four. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, apparently his doctor works wonders. You know, oh, of he, course, of course. He has water that heals concussions and whatnot. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, but if you guys are listening to this, this this will be released well after. When we're talking. Well after, yes. So, uh, what is this? December the 26th? This will probably be released sometime in January 2018. But uh, that's why you guys are hearing old news about Garoppolo and his yeah. d- his dominance and whatnot. There, there, there um, will probably be like a little edit just to find out about how mad one of us are about <laughs> if you got this jersey or not. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but, uh, 
So tell tell the people a little bit about yourself, man. Your age, yeah. where you're from, all that good stuff. Um, well, I mean, without going into my Tinder bio, um, <laughs> thirty four year old single man. Uh, I grew up very redneck. Uh, I grew up in a city. More cows than people, uh, mm. like picturesque. Literally, or is that just a literal? Saying? No, literally. Oh, like wow. I grew up with a hundred head of cattle. Like mm. my senior year in high school, uh, it was like between grades nine through twelve, hundred and twenty. In the school, that can't be right. Oh, actually, no. I, I take that back. Um, my freshman year, the freshman class was one twenty. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. No. I was about to. Ever, I was right. about to say because, like, no. Like, I said that. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But no. Um, <laughs> it was one of those things. I think I graduated in a class of about like sixty. Uh-huh. Uh But like the entire like nine through twelve, couldn't be more than five hundred. Wow. Uh, and it was like small town living to the point like my, my like like the attractions of my house of my uh, my hometown were. A feed store, a Dairy Queen, and a pizza parlor. Like, that's mm. it. Dairy Queen is pretty essential to oh, life. It, so. Like, that's when you knew you were going, going steady in yeah. high school, like, on lunch break. If you could take your girl to Dairy Queen, <laughs> like, you were, you were the item. Yeah. Like, you were an item. Like, like forget taking her to the movies because the movies was, like, 45 minutes away. You got to take her to Dairy Queen. Got to get her a blizzard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but like literally it was to the point like because with like because everyone because like, we were one of the predominant farming families mm-hmm. uh where like if i was late to school it didn't matter if i like slept in or something like i would just walk in like what happened i'm like the cows got out and i got no further questions yeah and so Can't say nothing to you no yeah. no and i even put that in my uh my senior confessions and uh <laughs> like like when i was getting my high school diploma the the, the principal pulled me it's like you lied to me i'm like <laughs> Too late Too now. Late. <laughs> so wow. Uh, but actually, I grew up very sheltered, um, uh, very conservative, mm. uh, and actually didn't have a lot of social skills growing up. Mm. Uh, I had book smarts. I had a, I don't know, of a decent view of the world, but I had. Um, by the time I, I graduated high school, I didn't really know who I was, mm. and. Um, I knew story a story of a lot of kids' lives. Oh God, yeah, God, yeah. Uh, actually, one of the craziest, uh, craziest, and best things that I actually ever did, uh, instead of going to college, I worked at a bar for five years. Mm. Yeah, school of hard knocks. Oh my God! Like I believe that everybody, everybody talks about community service. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's going to learn a lot if you do this, like in the service industry. Like mm-hmm. whether it be because I was a bus boy, I was a bar back. Um, uh, cocktailer and eventually I worked my way up to a bartender mm-hmm. and I saw some crazy things I saw the best and worst out of people mm-hmm. but also in through of all of that like I had no idea who I was or who I was as a man I was very I had a lot of insecurities and a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and through a lot of people and a lot of tequila I learned a lot about myself to the point where like I actually became a lot more comfortable as a man and then uh then had to take two years uh, to deal with my dying grandfather. Mm. Uh, he, he taught me a lot in reverse because he was a very angry, jaded, old racist man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to take care of him through his final years, which was uh, another emotional roller coaster, but it taught me a lot of things in reverse. Mm. Came up to old Portland six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. uh, broken, out of shape, shell of a man. Mm. Uh, but I consciously knew that um, I uh, n- um, needed to isolate myself 
away from everything that was comfortable. From home? Yeah, I had a lot of family, I had a lot of friends, and they were just saying, oh, you're like, you're fine. Like, I was obese at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, five foot six, and I was at uh, my fattest, 206 pounds, and I had a 38 inch waist. And the biggest lie that I ever- Hold on, man, you make me feel bad, bro. No, 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 Jeez. Five, six, 206? Yeah, but you got a lot more muscle. Yeah, but I had a 38, I had a 38 inch waist. Oh, all right. Yeah, I I'm knew. I'm not gonna throw numbers out there. Bro. Well, but but like but like so, <laughs> I'll just say, I'll just say it like this. Um, I I had such a big like because it was all in my gut. Okay. All in my gut. It just wasn't proportioned well. Uh no no. The biggest okay. lie that someone will ever ever told me was like oh like like I'm over 200 pounds like oh you wear it well that's that's BS. I don't know if I can cuss or not, but that's BS. Uh, but for now, but be free. Oh uh, yeah, but um, it um I threw my back out. Hmm. Like, when you're 28, supposed to be in the prime of your life, and you're so fat that you throw your back out because both your abdominals are so weak, and there's so much on your lower back. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was a come to Jesus moment right there. Mm. Um, but then I moved up here, isolated myself, worked a couple dead-end jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, got, I found a great chiropractor and nutritionist uh, in Lake Oswego, uh, Kim Guthrie of the Body and Balance uh, Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, she cleaned up my diet, fixed my body, and really worked on a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. then after that, um, been doing my thing. Mm-hmm. I had a very, I've had a very few interesting jobs, uh, namely out at the airport. But yeah, just kind of doing my thing, and then just you know learning, adapting, and move forward. And from there, yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, I, I don't think I witnessed the the two hundred six car. No. Um, I was, uh, yeah, before... When we started working together, it was 2013. 2013, yeah. No, I wasn't, I think at my fat, I think you probably met me when I was around like 190. I'm about like 170 now. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like, I wasn't disabled fat, but... No. no I was pudgy. But a little fluffy. Yeah, yeah. A little, I, a little extra cushion for the pushing. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny, like, the one thing that actually really helped me is, like, my twin brother uh, actually made me admit that I was obese. Because mm. you can't fix a problem until you actually, it's, like... Well, it's 206, is that obese, man? Clinically, yeah. Really? Yeah. That BMI got everybody obese. But you, you're you a lot... <laughs> I'm not... You're denser. Like, you've gotten much more... You've got a lot more muscle mass than I could put on my body if I was training eight days a week. Mm. Well, thank you. Like I was, take 40, that as a compliment. I was forty percent body fat. Like really, I was measured. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I, I had, I had like the folds. Like I yeah. couldn't see my toes. I was fat. Dang. Like yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, uh, you the height and weight perception in our minds it really doesn't matter. It's all yeah. about like know, body mass yeah. index is BS. Like yeah, it has everybody obese. And yeah. Like because yeah. like, like you can't like like there's a uh, another test where they weigh you. In real life, and then they weigh you in a pool of water mm. because your fat is uh, is not heavy in water, mm. and so they can get a lot more idea of what your um, your dead weight is. You mm. know, like your bones, your muscles, your connective tissue, your blood, and you know the things that shouldn't be on your body, like excess fat and I guess hair. But you know, mm. hair is whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and that gives you a much better idea of how much you're physically carrying, and then you can decide how. I guess fat you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Well, enough about fat bodies. Right. Right. Enough about like uh, uh, <laughs> how I got to this day today. Basically, what we need to know about you is that you lost the weight. 
Yes. You're keeping it down. Yes. You feel good. Yeah. You look great. Thank you. You in shape. Getting there. There you go. Yeah. I believe the best people in the world are people that, like in a scale of one to 10, I want to talk to nines all day. Because mm. nines are the people that know who they are. They have self-respect. They've got positive things going in their life, but there's something out there that they're striving for. Mm. Don't talk. Don't, I don't want to talk tens, and unless it's a if someone who you know is just getting on their journey and they want to give themselves a lower number, I'll talk to that person. But yeah, unfortunately, the nature of our job, we are exposed to. Oh, of course, some threes <sighs> and some twos. Oh God, yeah. There's um, certain there's certain times in our job, <laughs> like I'll talk to this person. I'm just like, well, first off, I I'm biased towards people who won't enunciate. Mm. Like. Ah, oh, like, can you just are like I, I, <laughs> I I'm gonna go into to a hole mode, but like sometimes we're just like I know like I can tell the difference between uh, ignorance and an accent, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm just, it's just like, will you just please just just articulate a little bit, or if you're not gonna articulate, take me off speakerphone, like give me a chance oh, to try and understand you. That's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. Yeah. All right, man. So let's get into the video. Yeah. So did you watch it? Was it the first time you've seen it today or had you seen it before? I think you may have sent it to me like three months ago. And I think it was one of those things where I was trying to watch it on my break. Mm-hmm. But I was all up in my head and I couldn't remember anything about it. Okay. So I think this was probably the first time I actually genuinely got to listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really watch the video, but it's basically a big redneck honky dude mm-hmm. uh, next to your stereotypic gangster that you'd probably find in Houston, Chicago, or any major uh, populated city, maybe even Northeast Portland, mm. where they're just basically having like a roundtable discussion where they're just basically projecting their their emotions at each other. Yeah. And I have... Now, the gangster part, I don't know about that, but I'll, you know... Well, I mean, so I think maybe maybe it's what uh, like Fox News stereotypes as a gangster. Probably so. The funny thing about it is, is a black guy that wrote the song, so mm-hmm. the stereotypes are so oh my like, overly stereotypical. And it's funny because like because at the first thought of it, because you see the the white guy starting off and he's just glaring at the camera. I'm just like, oh, dude, like you're gonna make me listen to this dude go off for seven <laughs> minutes on his, like, so like I was raised really racist, mm-hmm. like really racist. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually one of the first person in my family to have um, uh, a black friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, like I never like- There were I'm, black people in your town. Uh, not in my town. So okay. when I when I graduated, well, <laughs> in a in a high school of like probably four hundred people, there was one black man, mm-hmm. and so of course he was playing football and all the sports and kicking my butt in wrestling. But it's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't cultured when I left. Uh, consciously, I knew I wasn't cultured. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else just kind of stayed in the small town, mm-hmm. and so like when you grow up in a small town. You either have to fall in love with the small town lifestyle, and unfortunately, that like I believe there's small town views. Mm. Like there's not a lot of people. There, I think there's a lot of people who can fall into the trap of loving the small town lifestyle, but not branching their world beyond what's in that small town. Mm. Like my twin brother, 
loves a small town lifestyle. He moved up here for four months and was having panic attacks because this city was literally too big for him. He couldn't handle it. Mm. And I'll go back to my hometown or I'll go down to, to Harrisburg where uh, he lives. And mm. like, you know, after a couple of days, I'm just like, I need to just like get out and do something. Mm-hmm. Like I can't find sushi. I can't find, <laughs> I can't find Whole Foods. Like I need my big city. I need my exposure. You have been <laughs> I, converted. I am, oh my God. City I, boy. I am the most. You're city boy. I am the most like <laughs> hor- horrifically stereotypic Portland dude ever. Like it is, it is tragic how many. <laughs> stereotypic Portland things I love like all I'm missing is the beard and the flannel shirt and the skinny jeans don't do it man <laughs> there's there's enough of those out there we don't I, need another where's Waldo grow in the looking beard. guy it, it grows all white Portland. trashy oh my god but um, but it's it's interesting because like I had like the whole time I was watching the video it mm. was just like and it was there was a lot of truth to this and it, it makes me feel like uh, the first half of it was basically your stereotypic, um, and this is going to go against my prejudice against Fox News, but I I don't believe in any of the the twenty four hour stereo uh, twenty four hour news shows. Mm-hmm. Frankly, because there's not twenty four hours of news, and mm. so a mm. lot of t- that's a good perspective. Because yeah. a lot of times, and there's been studies on this, like it's just different hosts and different things just projecting a propaganda. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be conservative, you're going to watch Fox News and you're going to get a lot more conservative. And they don't respect the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So if you're a conservative, everybody on the left is just a whiny, sucking at the government teat snowflake who doesn't know the value of honest work. Mm. And if you're talking to someone who is on the left side, everybody is the person who has 100% guns. It's Jesus or die. You can, like, the NRA, uh, country live in, uh, global warming doesn't exist crowd. Mm. And you're on both sides, like in this music video, I believe that um, they're coming hard with absolutely everything. Mm. And. And what is that everything like to you? What does that consist of? Is it like, like do those are those things that you heard mm-hmm. growing up? Yeah, some of those sentiments. Like you said, you were I, not even growing up. Like months ago, where? Like when I went back. When I went oh, home. When you to, go home. When I go home. When you go home. When, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like I had to bite my tongue because literally, like we're sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. and like the first ten minutes, all we're talking about is Colin Kaepernick. Oh my. So what? So what was that like? What was the Colin Kaepernick conversation in your household? So, as as the black or the I guess the black sheep of the family, I'm I love my family. Mm-hmm. There's there's no denying like they call me I'm there, mm-hmm. but we don't have the same views. Mm-hmm. Like I believe uh, someone told me once that um, is true to me is like until you are offended, just as offended. As the person who's being victimized, mm-hmm. then you can't find peace. Mm. Because the first thing, like if you tell someone who's trying to protest against something, like police brutality, and like you are not going to reach that person and find change by coming to them with, what are you talking about? This doesn't exist. Mm. Because all you're doing is you're coming to that person and you're just within seconds telling that person that their mind is closed. 
and they don't want to hear anything about it. It's like we were talking about um, earlier, the difference between a teacher and a preacher. Mm-hmm. The teacher is going to give you his side of the argument and his facts and where he came to this opinion. And if you can come up with a counter argument that's based in fact, science, or things like that, then you can change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a preacher and it's just like, you know, a lot of these media outlets come as the preacher. Mm. Like a lot of times if you really stop and think about it, it's just like, is this person trying to educate me or is this person trying to invoke a specific emotion? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and so I felt like when the video was first starting, I had like everyone was at full blast on their preaching side of the table. Yeah. To where, um, and then like, I think what, what the last minute or two, like it felt like there was just like a calm after like, cause like everybody's, I think, I guess kind of like in a relationship mm-hmm. where if you come home and you're just having an absolute bad day and you tell your partner and you're just like, you know what, I'm having a bad day. Um, I just need to vent about some stuff. It's neither good nor bad. It just kind of is what it is. But I just feel like, you know, you're like a tea kettle and you're just trying to let off some steam. Mm -hmm. And you let that out full bore. You just like lay everything on the table. Mm -hmm. And like afterwards, you're just kind of, you're almost physically exhausted. And then afterwards, I think maybe, I've never been to therapy, but kind of like makes me think about what therapy might be. Where um, afterwards, and you're just kind of like exhausted and like you're so exhausted that your your walls are your, are lowered a little bit and then like it kind of felt like and I, I can't even remember any of the lyrics in the last two minutes but it kind of felt like there was a coming together or just like you know you have this opinion of me that i'm going to tell you is completely wrong mm-hmm. and the other person will admit that they have an opinion of that person that is not or that is is probably is wrong as well and then when you can both admit to the fact that the stereotype that you've projected out of the other person is not completely correct, maybe then you can actually have an honest dialogue of mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish and your fears and insecurities and your goals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically at the, at the end, there was a kumbaya moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, they got up and they hugged. Yeah, I did they, see. They yeah. shared a warm embrace. Well, and it's funny because like I was, I was, because I I listened to that um, right after my workout, and <laughs> so like <laughs> it was an absolute trip because like you get off your workout and you're you're just kind of like tripping on um, uh, uh, adrenaline, and uh, I think it's is it dopamine the the hormone that gets released to counteract your. Um, uh, adrenaline or serotonin, whatever, whatever. It doesn't oh, matter. Sounds right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, like, all these things going and like it, like it doesn't like warm up. It just goes full blast into yeah, it. Yeah. Like, like within like 15 seconds, you are in the heart of this. I'm like, oh damn, I'm going back to my hometown. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like damn. <laughs> but like, back home. Huh? Oh my god. Yeah. Like we had this small cafe, and like literally, like all it was is just a bunch of old, angry white farmers mm-hmm. bitching about the complaining about the world <laughs> and uh, so tell me this what do rural white farmers or just in your town i don't want to generalize yeah, yeah. it so coming from where you came from yeah if if there is no interaction mm-hmm. with people that are non yeah white exactly for lack of a better term yeah 
what is the gripe? What are they saying? What? I, I, it's very, so we can take like, we can just take a step back on this okay, and just make it to something that we can both relate to. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of us have really met a lot of Muslims in Portland. Okay. And so it's very easy to be prejudiced against someone that you've never met, okay. in my opinion. Okay. And so... If somebody builds up a certain type of... Yeah. Stereotype or whatever yeah. about this person. Because if it, you really take a step back, Al-Qaeda and Western Baptists are both terrorist organizations and views on a major religious culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to defend Webster Baptists because we're in a country predominantly dominated by Christianity. Mm. And so when you go to the Middle East, it's a lot easier to defend someone from Al-Qaeda because those countries are more than likely much more predominantly Muslim. True. And it's like, it's your tribe mentality. Mm-hmm. Whether, and it's like, or it's like, you know, um, you know the, the police thing, you know, where they protect their own because mm-hmm. that's their tribe. Mm-hmm. Christians are their own tribe uh, Muslims are their own tribe and like if you've never really met someone outside of your tribe and realize that they're a human being it's a very easy to project that they are second class citizens because you've never been able to sit down and break bread with them and that actually be able to have like forge a human connection with someone but the thing that kind of boggles my mind is as you know being the dominant culture mm-hmm um, there is no racism towards you. Yes. Right. If yes. You're, if you're the dominant culture, no matter yes. where you're at in the world. Correct. So if you're not experiencing this prejudice, it's very what, easy to believe that it doesn't exist. Not only that it doesn't exist, but like what I don't understand where the animosity or the vitriol comes from for others that are not like you I th- when they don't have any influence on your everyday I life. I think people don't want to admit to privilege okay like this i don't know how correct this is uh but i believe everybody in america has the same access to opportunity Mm -hmm. however i believe that in certain parts of the u.s and uh certain um depending on your race, creed, religion, or anything like that, even though you still have the same aspects to the same opportunity, it doesn't mean that the difficulty level for that person is cranked up to expert level with no saves and no spare lives. Mm-hmm. And so while I I don't like it, it makes me feel like a bigot for saying this, but I feel like I'm given a lot more leeway with being able to make mistakes I'm that's not, not being, that's not bigoted that's just real like that's yeah that's really what's going on <laughs> but being able to say that mm-hmm. and it's it's the same thing like i was born with a different set of circumstances than someone else mm-hmm. we're all trying to find our prosperity and our peace love and our happiness but when you say it like that you also have to admit to the fact that there's things like racism, like there's mm-hmm. this things like segregism, there's things like class warfare. And when you, when someone has to admit to the fact that they're in a position of privilege, 
that they didn't get just by having like other than like my association with my religion and the color of my skin that's the only thing that qualified me and so it's it's hard man it actually makes me feel uncomfortable talking about this but it's um it's one of those things where it's just like you have to think it's like does that make me less of a person for having that access to that privilege as opposed to someone who through no fault of their own just mm-hmm. by their religion or the color of their skin their difficulty is cranked up so much higher to the point where honestly like if you look at the facts which i i, I haven't just because mm-hmm. i feel like i'd be embarrassed like it make you nauseous mm. And like trying to be able to have that heart to heart with someone who's not on the same level with you and not access to the same privilege of you, like it's like how do you open like how do you expose yourself and be vulnerable in front of someone who might be angry and jaded towards the system of it mm-hmm. and not that specific person? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and like, how are you gonna be able to actually connect as a human being when you're on so different playing fields from even the get go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean it is a very uncomfortable conversation it is. for a lot of people, and um, I think the connecting part, and that's why, I, like, I wanted to sit down with you. Yeah, is that uh, I know that you're a person that's open minded, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll recognize who you are. Mm-hmm very transparent yeah but in everyone's not like that no 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 you are very clear the the term that i really like is being called consciously ignorant Mm -hmm. like there's difference like when you know that something's there yeah and you ignore it that makes you a bigot Mm -hmm. but if there's something that you're conscious about then you have the moral duty to be able to actually acknowledge that yeah or like say for example you know a lot of people who say that racism doesn't exist uh, i think they say that out of fear because they don't want to admit to the fact that they are living in privilege and also that they might be a little bit racist themselves Mm -hmm. i was raised racist Mm -hmm. like i had to break a lot of stereotypes like a lot of preconceived notions in my head Mm -hmm. like and it's funny the the one thing that um the first thing that actually started breaking the mold for me was beyonce Okay. Yeah. Beyonce. She will break a lot of oh molds. My God. She will like, take you to another level. I think level. it was. Um, so what, tell me how Beyonce broke what, the mold for so, you. Because like, I think like, unless you're lucky enough to meet your soulmate on the very first date, mm-hmm. I think that people should openly and freely date outside their race, their creed, and their religion. Mm-hmm. Just because it exposes you to so much. Mm-hmm. I'm... I guess infamous in the office for the some of the women that I've dated just because like I know who I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to healthy, strong-minded women. Mm-hmm. I love the boss type. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, the boss chick, okay. Oh, I love the boss chick. Okay. Like someone who can be like if we're walking down the street, someone who's going to walk side by side to me, not 2 feet in front of me, 2 feet behind of me. Mm-hmm. Like I want someone who can be my equal because that's going to make me up my game. Mm. Um and I think oh wow I'm trying to I'm trying hard to remember this video. Um I think it was Bills. Mm, okay. And like seeing Beyonce cuz I'm just like damn. And I was like I was like <laughs> what was I? I was like probably I was in, obviously in my teenage years. Uh but like th- like the the energy and the the alphaness that she was projecting mm-hmm. that and just being drop dead gorgeous. Of course. Like 
in the back of my mind, I'm just like, that is one sexy woman. Mm-hmm. And then in the back of my mind, like I wasn't, you know, seeing her race or like I didn't know anything other than the fact that like that is a woman. I like if I could spit the game that was needed to be able to win her hearts like like how like how why should i feel shame for that right and so like when then you uh then when you like really break it down like then you're like well if that's okay like you know like what's the difference between that and me you know dating a latin woman or Mm -hmm. a korean woman or Mm -hmm. a chinese woman like Absolutely nothing. So Beyonce inspired you to date outside your race. Is that what you're saying? Beyonce opened up the idea that it would be okay to date outside my race. Mm-hmm. Because the more preconceived notions, I believe like the more preconceived notions that you have on life, the more you typecast yourself into what makes you happy. Mm. Like if it wasn't for me trying to impress a Korean woman, I never would have found out that I love sushi. Like if it wasn't for me trying to impress a Latin woman, I never realized that, hey, dancing is really fun. Mm -hmm. Like, and even that, like uh, um, a Latin family introduced me to the joy of spice in their food. Like (laughs) they they put seasoning. Oh, yeah. Like I can't tell you like growing up how many, how much fried chicken, how much mashed potatoes. Uh, I think the only vegetables I ever ate growing up were corn and green beans. Like Mm -hmm. that was it. And like treating yourself was prime rib. Like that was that was ninety eight. To be honest, it sounds like you grew up black. You ate fried oh, chicken, yeah. mashed potatoes, <laughs> and corn and green beans. Yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> You sound like you grew up black to me. I don't know. Oh no no and it's funny because like and like because like if you go to like a redneck barbecue and a yeah. black barbecue, same thing. The food is pretty much the same. Exactly. It's just the crowd is completely different. Right. And like and it's funny because in the black verse on the song, he's like, you don't know nothing about no fried chicken or no barbecue. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, obviously, this dude is not from the South. Of course. Or just not from the country because he's mm-hmm. from like Boston or something like that. I was like, yeah. bro, in the South, white people barbecue just like they're grill masters. Yeah. Like, dude, watch the TV show. Like, dude, I bought a trigger because I was insecure about my barbecue abilities. Hey, man. You and it's like, you do. but it's like, if you really break it down, like, like, when you get all up in your head about this person is like no, not even 100% like me mm-hmm. just by based off like just one preconceived notion straight, straight like you can't layer. you can't even like get past yourself to realize that there's so much more in common because mm. like honestly if we were going to a barbecue and I could eat your food because of my my dietary reasons mm-hmm. <laughs> like like if I see something that tastes good I'm immediately trying to figure out alright what's in this because I need to replicate it and make it for myself <laughs> right because like one of the things that gives me passion for life is that I know that there's things outside of the world that I don't even know about yet that are going to be like 100% my new jam. Mm-hmm. And the process of life for me outside of you know the nine to five and what breaks up the monotony of life is trying to figure out those new things. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. True. And like in like and when you stay inside your own little knit, like I come home. You know, I work eight to five, I come home, I eat my dinner, I watch my football, I watch my news, I make love to my wife, I go to bed, wash, rinse, repeat, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's a very boring life. It's very boring. Like, like come on. Like, it's, it's stable. It's, it's, it's stable. It's what uh, TV and entertainment kind of projects on you as yeah. something to be attained. Yeah. But that's not living life. No, no. And like, and it's funny because like when you're exposed to like more things and like I think the, the original point that I was trying to get to is that when you date outside your culture, 
you can one find someone else's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I dated someone, an amazing woman that I probably wish I would have had a second chance with, but like we were talking about one day about like what happened. Like uh, I think I broke down one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it was me when I broke down and a cop literally like used his squad car to help jump my vehicle because I had a dead battery. Uh, and then there was oh a, your car broke down. Yeah, my car broke down. It was I all thought you were talking about in, in a, uh, <laughs> an emotional experience. No, like, oh no, 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 not an emotional. <laughs> like you cried in front of your girl. No, oh <laughs> no, well, I mean, you, you, if you knew no, what not, I nothing dr- wrong with no. crying in front of your woman. I've done it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a tough guy. But it's like I probably cry well, more than my wife. Anyway. I thought. Well, I mean, you you see what I drive, so obviously I have some sort of small insecurities based off what I drive. But that's another you, tangent. Kyle, what? What? Oh. what? oh, I'm not trying to come compensate for something with, okay. the, with the hummer and the-, <laughs> the orange hummer with the vanity plate if we're gonna tell it we're gonna tell it right <laughs> but and she was telling me this story about her sister how she broke down on the side of the road i think she had like a flat tire mm-hmm. and before the cop would help her like the cop wouldn't help her until he could search the car mm. like and this was a what latin black what, what was she she was black she was black okay yeah mm-hmm and it just like it blew my mind um just because of like same scenarios mm-hmm. same situations like just a stranded bystander completely different and yes these are isolated incidents but still but it's a reality it's a reality and we all have those stories like uh yeah when we're out, like we're talking to different clients and stuff and uh and I hear stories of, oh, well, I got, I was speeding, blah, blah, Yeah. But the police officer, you know, he just gave me a warning. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what? What? It's just, yeah, it's happened maybe like three or four times. Like, warning. What? Like, what is right? that? What's a warning? Like, how? Yeah. How? Where? Right? You know what I mean? And I'm hearing these stories. Certain people tell stories. I'm like, man, that, that would never happen to me. I get no. pulled over for nothing and end up with a ticket. <laughs> and it's what, I, I can't remember what TV show, um, I think it was on like Comedy Central. This is like, if you really break down, cause like, like between like the, the Black Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter, mm-hmm. like honestly, if you really get to the point where you can get past your preconceived notions, like if you really think about it, like if you were to like tell someone, you know, just like, hey, like not even bringing up Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, Hey, like in certain areas where there are high crime and there's a high uh, degree of like prejudice or uh, profiling and things like that, mm-hmm. um, would it be a good idea if every cop had to wear body cameras and if they were caught in a situation where there was a dispute and the body camera wasn't off, they would just be suspended for seven days without paid leave? Or um, if you were in like certain areas you had to hire percentage-wise to the demographic of the people in that community. Mm-hmm. Or at least uh, like make the um, uh, make, make your the best eff- uh, good faith efforts. Mm-hmm. Like the Rooney rule, I guess would be like a, uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you could say those are really good ideas. We could try them out. I think anybody rationally, when you think that's through, mm-hmm. Whether it be Black Lives Matter, or All Lives Matter, we could agree on. But when you come to the point of someone representing Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and a person representing All Lives Matter, mm-hmm. they're already into their preconceived notions of the other person that they're debating with that they can't have an honest dialogue. Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of can't. No. 
you know, regardless of preconceived notion, if you are, if you, all lives matter, mm-hmm. you just you just did that in response to Black Lives Matter. Correct. So therefore, you don't respect. I, I believe a lot the, of, the cause that these people have. So you mm-hmm. want to raise you up wanna, a counter cause. Yeah, you want to um, discredit the cause. You want to discredit the cause. So I mean, yeah. what 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 conversation could you really have with someone that wants to undermine and discredit everything that you? Well, do? I mean, also you're talking about people who want to not admit. Like this goes back to our previous conversation about people who are. Not wanting to admit that they're they were born into privilege. I think it's deeper than just privilege, though. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 an onion. But if you can't if you can't admit to the first layer, how can you even dive deeper into that? But it's I mean that that first layer is not even it's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, you know, it's like I agree right, with you on that. There's a the privilege part, but I just it just feels like it's a it's a level of but, a level of hate. Oh, completely agree. You know what I mean, and and I guess, but it is lead to what you're saying. Like, it's a uh, they're they're insecure about having to deal with because that reality. Because like, if you have to accept that, mm-hmm. like, admitting to the like, if you don't believe that there's racism out there, if you don't believe that there's uh, racial profiling out there, if you don't believe that there is a justice system. That targets the poor, targets the uh, the African American community, the the Latino American community. If you don't want to accept anything of that, even though there's documented facts, mm-hmm. like obscenely, like mind blowing facts out there, mm-hmm. like if you won't listen to that or even accept that, mm-hmm. the emotional and mental path that you have to go through is going to rock the foundation of your belief. But my thing, going so going back to that. Mm-hmm. There's there's a core belief of what you have. So so take me into the. I'm just trying to get into mm-hmm. the mind for how however constructive this is or it isn't. Yeah. Get into the mind of small town America oh, okay. guy. Okay. If these people have literally no mm-hmm. effect, no result in how you live your life, small yeah. town farmer guy. Yeah. Why do you care? Why do you even give that the time of day? What does Colin Kaepernick or these Muslims or these Mexicans or mm-hmm. whoever, what effect do they really have on your life? Like, why are you, why are you they even on your mind? Because I believe that in small town America, a lot of times where um, they believe, because my twin's in the, in, in the military. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, this was systemic in my opinion okay because since um like the year that colin kaepernick uh knelt for the anthem every year uh first off they blackballed him just because they wouldn't start him until they they redid his contract to you know wipe out a bunch of negative money that they would have been on the hook off he would have been um injured because he wasn't inserted in the starting lineup until he restructured his contract so first off dick move uh so mm. go ahead that's go ahead. it but that's a different conversation go for a different, different time for sure. um and then also like if you actually listened to the things that he was tr- what his movement was for mm-hmm. like he talked about that he was very articulate he was non-emotional uh and he was talking about his goals and ambitions and what he wanted to accomplish with this protest did that get any attention from the from media when he was doing it 
Like you initially had... for two point five seconds, yes, yeah. and then they turned it into something else. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, like literally, I had to go to this uh, the Niners website because I'm being a diehard Dolphins fan. You mm-hmm. know, I knew that I could go to their websites and get all the pro post game press conferences because i'm like mm-hmm. this dude believed in something so strongly he was willing to jeopardize being blackballed from a very lucrative contract and a lucrative career i believe we can believe we can agree on that uh let's just let's be clear about yeah, yeah. let's let's be clear oh, about yeah. my organization yeah, yeah. Okay? okay but like but so let's be clear about my organization okay but like the 49ers did no wrongdoing they back colin kaepernick he restructured his contract before that season even started. Okay. His so maybe I was wrong already, on the timeline. It's okay. Yeah. But he, he restructured it before the con, before mm-hmm. the season. They were trying to trade him yeah. to Denver. That's off season. Yeah. We couldn't trade him because Denver wanted to restructure his contract as a part yeah. of the deal. Okay. And Colin didn't want to restructure with them. He didn't want to go to there and restructure He wanted to them. control his own destiny. He wanted to control his own destiny. So he restructured okay. with us. Mm-hmm. And had the he he basically restructured it in a way that he can opt out yeah and become a free agent and okay. test the market he didn't want to go to Denver I see I see and so he knew he could have he could have stayed mm-hmm. he could have cash that check he could have got seventeen million mm-hmm. and he might have got cut no but there's guaranteed money in that yeah if he would have stayed but then he just wanted to test the free market yeah. he was twenty nine years I went he was twenty nine he's thirty now yeah so that yeah, was so twenty nine. You know his last big contract opportunity before he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Let's get one more exactly, especially four, for uh, his style of quarterback. So and, yeah, but but he he did it, and it wasn't the best time to take mm-hmm. a stand when you're in a contract year, but so on and so forth. If if memory serves me correct, didn't the, he say that he was kneeling for the anthem long before it was he was getting attention for this? Yeah, he was. Yeah, because he, he was doing this for like a year before. Yeah, he was. So he, this done it, and he wasn't kneeling; he was just sitting down. Yeah, and so this was literally his quiet protest that turned into a martyr type situation. Because there's a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, he he wasn't doing it for attention. Though. No. Yeah. And then, but it, he just stood on his his principles. Yeah. And, yeah. And I can respect that. Yeah. Because that, like, someone who's willing, who's, and, and and not only that, but once it was brought to the forefront, mm-hmm. a weak man would just stand. Mm-hmm. But someone who's passionate about their convictions, because, and I have, I I've listened to him speak, because like he's had a lot of issues with racial profiling grow up, and so this is something that he's dealt with on a personal basis, mm-hmm. and so. Like when you believe something and something so strongly about that, I want to listen to that person to be able to, because this person is probably going to be able to tell me both personal situations. He's probably done the research on this. He's probably, you know, got statistic and things like that, that I wouldn't even begin to know where to even start thinking. Mm-hmm. And so he, he put his platform out there. Did he get any invitations anywhere? Uh, ABC, ES, or well, we can go to the sports, uh, mm-hmm. ESPN, Fox News, CBS Sports, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Did anybody? Because you know, if they advertise like the definitive Colin Kaepernick sit down interview, mm. didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Go to the media outlets, MSNBC, Fox News, any of those. Did they give him like the or? Let's just say, because when we were growing up, it was the 60 Minutes interview. Like mm-hmm. Sunday night, 60 Minutes, mm-hmm. the definitive Colin Kaepernick interview. Was he given that? No. Nobody reached out to him. No. Mm-hmm. Because you know why? Is because when you actually listen to Colin Kaepernick speak, like I loved him coming out of the draft because one, he was an athletic freak, but he's very intelligent and very articulate. Mm-hmm. 
Like, so if you're going to come at him at a different perspective, he's going to shut that down because he knows who he is. He knows his platform and he knows his vision. They knew they couldn't compete with him. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't BS someone who's living with no fear. Mm. And so... Quotable. <laughs> on a Twitter with that. Yeah. Like, when like when you live... like when Give you, Kyle the credit, too. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So, this is, this is another, like, to lighten the mood. Um... Uh, I'm on the uh, uh, I'm on dating apps obviously uh, mm-hmm. just because you know when you're this age and you're single you've got all these responsibilities and I can be I was so much more social when I didn't have all these responsibilities mm-hmm. and um, I stole this line from a comedian uh, and it was hilarious because I was on a date uh, first date uh, and there's this opening comic and he's just like everyone talks about the crazy cat lady like the one who's just been single for way too long and has too many cats because she understands cats more than men <laughs> I'm like but there's a flip side there's like a male equivalent like what about the dude that's been left unattended for far too long like the person you shouldn't leave alone on ebay or amazon.com because like because like he's gonna be the person who at 11 p.m. like buys a pair of nunchucks because no <laughs> one's there to stop he's like you know what babe Maybe you shouldn't. Like, mm-hmm. who never talks about that guy? And the yeah. whole time, my date is just glaring at me. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> that's me. Right. But, <laughs> but then, and then I put that on my Tinder profile. Nice. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that work out for you? Oh, I, I get good comments out of that. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you just put yourself out there. I mean, like, like I'm. I hate to be considered the Portland stereotype, but I mean, if the matching shoe fits, you know. All right, I guess I have to cop to that. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do right now. You're trying to work in your Tinder. So, what's your Tinder profile name? Is oh. it just your name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Tinder, it's just your name, your Is age, it your coffee and bagel. Go ahead, drop it, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So what we go. We go. Your, your Christian mingle. Is it just oh, all no, Kyle killed no, off? I uh. I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to. I mean, well, no, the <laughs> funny, th- no, the funny thing is, you. is that some of your guests, like, um, it would be fun to uh, actually have a conversation because I always wanted to uh, talk about, like, because honestly, I think people would be much more rounded if they dated outside their culture. I mm. legitimately believe that, mm. and like, I think it would be fun to have a conversation, like a like a, a roundtable conversation, where mm. you try and get as many different religions and cultures together just to kind of talk about this because. You know, I've, that's something that I do offline. I don't okay because there's there's certain people that don't want to be recorded, but they oh, okay. have very strong views. So I, I've been I've been setting up like offline meetups because talk would, about that stuff and that it's really in depth. Like if you that think the stuff fun. that you hear on podcast, no, when it's offline, it, we, oh yeah, we go all the way in. So, oh yeah, yeah, but I mean like, but it's also cool when you get those people that are willing to sit down and bring their their perspective. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm not 100 correct. I'm not 100 perfect. I'm not 100 noble. I'm just a human being. Mm. And the cool thing about like listening to your podcast, quotable tweet that <laughs> give, give them the credit. One like the, the cool thing that I like about your podcast is that I'm not put on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just another dude who's consciously um, prideful, uh, masculine, insecure, vulnerable, uh, and just a human being. Mm. And so, like, when you invite me on your podcast, you let me be able to like lay it all out there, like my preconceived notions, um, I, like if angry ang- anything anger or uh, like something that's bitter about me or something like. I mean, it's it's all safe out there to where yeah, hundred percent safe. You don't know like you don't know if that's something that's inside your psyche until someone like 
asks you about it and then you have to like actually have a come to Jesus moment about, oh man, like there's something that I actually really don't up to. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so going back. Yeah. Now that I got off. You, you, no, you're fine. Right. So you had, a, you had a good point about him not being invited to any mm-hmm. type of sit down interview. I don't remember any. Now yeah. that you no. mentioned it, I've never thought about it. No. That. And so, yeah. So getting back to that conversation, because if they invited him onto that, mm-hmm. so let's say like... And this is what anger, and this goes back to my racist grandpa, because all he wanted to do was watch Fox News and mm. the O'Reilly factor. Mm. I had very vivid dreams about assaulting that man, but it's <laughs> another story. Um, and it's funny when all the, the I've never st- watched that show. Oh fun. my god! And then when all the stuff, like all of the the fallout from that, yeah. Oh my god! I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm just like. Oh, the the like the the ones that preach the whole the the ones who come strongest with the holier are thou. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that always got the most skeletons too. Like, They're projecting. It's, it's almost it's mm-hmm. almost like clockwork. Yeah. But so like but getting back to that like if you brought Colin Kaepernick on uh, Fox News, mm-hmm. one of two things would happen, and I think he probably may have got the invites, but I'm pretty sure he would have saw right through that because. Two things would have happened. One, he would have absolutely been railroaded and given no permit, like no opportunities to speak. Mm-hmm. And there would just be people speaking over him. Mm-hmm. Or they would say, you know, all of the national rhetoric about how he's disrespecting the military, disrespecting the company, disrespecting the police officers. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't, mm-hmm. he just wants reform of um, police brutality, mm-hmm. he wants police accountability. And he wants criminal justice reform. Like those are all noble, noble requests. And so like everyone talks about, well, you shouldn't do that during the national anthem. Like you, it, it's kind of like going back to Ali and you don't want, like, I'm not uh, comparing Colin Kaepernick's athletic endeavors to Ali's athletic endeavors. Cause Ali right, is one of the best sure. of all time. For sure. But he was a national disgrace for not going to Vietnam, mm-hmm. and whether or not he and was then a heavyweight champ, after the fact they celebrated. Exactly, mm-hmm. like everyone wants to celebrate Ali, but no one wants to accept the fact that like all the stuff that happened when he was Cassius Clay, mm-hmm. and so or when he was Ali. When correct, he was Ali. no, one hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. the fact of the matter is, you like when someone is intelligent, like you, it's kind of like going like me going against Tyson. Like mental, like if we were having a conversation, it would be like uh, with me trying to project on Colin Kaepernick would be me trying to win a fist fight against Col- uh, Tyson, mm-hmm. not prepared. Mm-hmm. And could would you say that any pundit on any of the uh, news uh, organizations is mentally capable of going round for round intellectually with Colin Kaepernick? I mean, they're. I, I wouldn't say that they're not capable, but. Uh, it's, it but was when, it was probably more of what you said. There was something that you said about he was probably smart to see through it. I could, think because they have a lot of highly intellectual people that come yeah. on there that will they're willing to take that fight. Yeah, just for the exposure. Cor- Colin Kaepernick didn't need them. Yeah, but he had the NFL. 
But like, <laughs> you I know think, what I mean. So it's like if he goes on Fox News, like you said, they're gonna, gonna get railroaded. Yeah, they're not. They're they're going to push. They're gonna tell him what he thinks. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna let him speak. They're gonna mm-hmm. tell him what he thinks. They're gonna tell him what he's trying to say and what he's trying mm-hmm. to do. He's not gonna have time to get his points in. Yeah. And they're gonna end it when they feel like ending it. So and it's like there was yeah. no reason for him to get on the on that platform. One hundred percent correct. Because the NFL platform was bigger. Because like, and honestly, I bet his agents would have had his contract, his contractual demands for what it would take for him to have a sit down interview where he can actually make his points. And no one wanted to do that because. But yeah, so Fox News aside, but there there could have been a, like you said a sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. There could have been uh, honestly know, even a Charlie. I don't, did Charlie Rose talk to him? I mean, talk to Charlie I don't Rose? think so. And he's not working. He didn't right even now. get an invite from the BBC. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. Like he was given no platform whatsoever. First take. And so, what's that? ESPN. First take. Yeah. Oh God. Could you imagine? Oh, he. Oh, just him. Just absolutely like just verbally just smacking down Skip Bayless. Not well, Skip wasn't even on at that time. At that I, don't, time. I don't even know. I think but he I was, was already doing the undisputed stuff with Shannon. But Sharp, like, but like, but that, that just Steve goes back to Skip Bayless. Is like we also have a, a too many sensationalists in the mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to be they don't want to be right or wrong. They just want views. Oh, it gets on my nerves, bro. Oh yeah, it's like they don't they don't care. That's why I stopped listening. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to that every day when it was, when it was Skip and Stephen A. Yeah, every lunch break. Yeah. I would I would listen to first take, mm-hmm. but then it got to the point where like nobody nobody wanted to be right. No, no, everybody wanted to be everybody wanted to be right, but nobody wanted to get it right. They didn't care yeah. about the truth, but they yeah. just wanted to be right. In their no own one's eyes. ever had no like we're in a society where no one has to give retractions. Exactly, especially we're, especially in the media, and it just it got so out of hand where it's just like mm-hmm. y'all don't want to get it right. You just want to be right. You, you, you just, just want to be first. That's it. And I'm just like, you know what? This yeah. is toxic. It is. It is. And it gets to the point where it's just like, and it also gets to the point where like, because I think also the other people where you have this very intelligent, calm, articulate man, mm-hmm. like where it goes against the, the red-blooded conservative nature of this. Mm-hmm. And like, if you actually listen to him speak, no one ever even talks about the million dollars of his own free money that he gave away to all the charities. Like mm-hmm. if you go on Colin Kaepernick's Twitter, he like he gave a, like a million dollars of his own money to charities. Oh yeah, he laid it out. You go to yeah. I think it's know know your rights camp dot yeah. org or just know your rights dot org or something like that. Yeah, he lays out all the different organizations and how much money he gave to each oh, yeah. organization. Atomized. Yeah, so no, you can you can follow what he's doing. There's oh, no of doubt course. about it. But no one wants to recognize that for sure. Like and like like all all they want to do is they want to bring him on and crucify him. But that, I mean, that goes, that's, that's consistent with the media and every NBA player, mm-hmm. every NFL player, just about all of them, they mm-hmm. all have nonprofit organizations. Of course. And they all do great things for their community. Mm-hmm. But it goes unreported all, every season. Of course. But the, you know, five to 10 cases mm-hmm. of domestic assault, not to say that it shouldn't be reported, but like, that will dominate the mm-hmm. quote unquote twenty four hour news cycle. But all these charitable works that they're oh, yeah. doing all throughout the off season, even during the season, yeah, that will not go. Reported. But also, I think the thing that this really blackballing Calvin Kaepernick is he's empowering the players as well. So what? So do you think um, anything good is coming out of the Colin Kaepernick situation? I mean, as far as impacting real change or even changing anyone's is anyone minds like like when you, when you I, went home in that yeah. conversation was anyone's mind changed 
by Colin Kaepernick's demonstration. You can't change a mind that doesn't want to change. Okay. Flat out. Yeah. Like someone who believes that he's a traitor and needs to die on the cross. Mm. Like it doesn't matter if you talk about all his charitable work mm-hmm. or all the things that he's doing to help, you know, lower income and impoverished people mm-hmm. raise themselves up. That doesn't matter. That's just a front to them. Even mm. if you like put it out in their face. Mm-hmm. Like it's, So what's the what's the truth about Colin Kaepernick to those the, people? He's an ungrateful bastard that won the generic the genetic lottery. Uh, had the a, genetic they say he's okay keep well going. If, if if i'm spitballing yeah for sure no no, no. yeah i'm just um he's he's an ungrateful man that mm-hmm. won the genetic lottery mm-hmm. gets to play a sport that other people would willingly play for free which we all know is bs that's a lie yeah i'm not all getting hit like BS. that for free oh yeah heck no, no. heck no um uh who uh, um is just needs to be happy for who he is or like what he has. He needs to be and grateful. Like, like he's, he's just like, so like I think what they're saying is that he makes $18 million a year. So he should just sh- shut up and play ball. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, I think there's another disconnect between people and pro athletes where people think like, I wish like, uh, and I've asked a couple people and they won't give me an answer. But like at what point in your income that you make a year, do you stop being a human being? <laughs> Serious question. Mm-hmm. Like, because everyone will talk about like, um, like and the, the famous one is like athletes that are hurt. Like you need to play hurt. Like, no, he's a human being. He's injured. You need to back off. Mm-hmm. And it's always the, the, the fat armchair quarterbacks. For sure. Like sitting there drinking a beer because I need to start him to win my fantasy game. Mm-hmm. And, but like it, it but like, because of their exposure and because of their deals and everyone talks about, you know, how like the top, let's just say 5% of the league and what they make, Mm -hmm. they don't realize that a lot of people are putting themselves into financial turmoil because, you know, the people on like, like say the lower third of the roster that are making like, you know, the veterans minimum or maybe like $1 million. Yeah, they're making $300,000, $400,000. A lot of people don't even make a million dollars a year. No, no. And they're- Most of them make less than a million. They're- irreversibly harming their bodies to the point where they are struggling to find employment in their 50s mm-hmm. like that's a real legitimate problem yeah but right now with them making more than they do they're dehumanized because they're in i guess it, it's 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 flipping the script because you have a person who is um you know your tra- traditional white person coming from privileged talking to someone like uh, the, the ghetto to the penthouse success story. Mm-hmm. And so it's someone who is having to, you know, talk to someone who maybe in the in their heart of hearts doesn't believe that they should be in the position of privilege. That person that made it, they yeah. shouldn't be in that position. Yeah, because they're just a hood rat that just won the genetic lottery. Because, mm. and I, I, like, I think they're trying to demonize Colin Kaepernick and just say he's just another person like uh, Pac-Man Jones. Mm. Do you think... Uh, I honestly think... That has no correlation. No correlation. Other than being the color of their skin. Correct. Mm-hmm. And But like like everyone talks... It, like I, I have a feeling like in... I could be com- completely wrong but in conservative because Pac, uh, Adam Pac-Man Jones or... Was it uh, Pac-Man? No, uh, Pac-Man. What was his first? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was Adam Jones. Adam Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. Um, 
he was like the stereotypic rich thug uh, NFL player. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of like Michael Vick minus the dogs. Mm-hmm. Took care. He brought all of his kid. He brought all his homies out of the hood. Mm-hmm. I could like correct me where I'm wrong. Brought all his homies out of the hood. Uh, bought some crazy house. Decked him out in like custom cars, custom clothes, custom jewelry, and was just living beyond his means and just living the hip hop lifestyle. Mm. And I think like when you see someone like that mm. to someone who doesn't want to accept other people as other human beings, it's very easy to stereotype every rich, successful black man in the NFL as being someone like Pac Man Jones, where they're just doing it secretly. Mm, I'm trying to process that. I mean, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I I'm willing to believe that there is a small percentage of people in small towns because I grew up with them mm-hmm. that are because like ever I I hear this all the time where you'll talk about someone trying to be a change. It's like oh that's just another good thug hip hop um, football player who's just enjoying things that he shouldn't have. Mm. Like, and it, it really comes up as well, like when there's like the labor talks between the, the players and the, uh, the NF, like uh, the NBA or the NFL or anything like that, mm-hmm. where they're just talking like, oh, these, these players need to be happy what they're given. Like, mm. no. <laughs> like, like a lot of the times, like as a society, like we're much worse off by the fact that we've lost unions. Like in like in just in our like job for ourselves, like if we're going again, like in a big company, like there is that big battle between the Verizon union and Verizon uh, over equal pay. And they were, you know, because they were just trying to ship everything overseas. And mm-hmm. then they we went on strike like certain times I'm like in our in our office, like when certain things come down, like it'd be really nice if we had a like a union rep that could be our advocates. Mm, I don't want a union. I don't want no union in our line of business. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Either. Oh yeah, but I mean, like, but there's a, there's a <laughs> but, uh, lot there's a lot of industries. If there was a union, we would get shut down. It was just, it's, oh, it's, it's a wrap. So let's yeah, but that's that's another story. Another but, story. But I think also that there's a lot of industries that are being punished because <clears throat> the fact that the workers have no um, no say in the matter. For sure. So going back to what you said, when when I hear that talk. Uh, I mean, obviously it's wrong. Correct. The narrative is one hundred percent wrong. One hundred percent wrong. Uh, and it's just because they'll they'll say that about anything. The black players, but they won't yeah. say it about the white players, right? Oh, of course. Right. So like we, where so we, Wes we, Welker we is, is, their Jesus. <laughs> right. And if he holds out, it's for good reason. It's just like they're Pac-Man they're Jones not val- out, they're not valuing the things that he that are done on the uh, the football field that don't go noticed. Mm-hmm. How he sets an example. He's a gym rat. He's always in his playbook and all these things like that. Well, like, a black man can do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. like kind of like... So, it's a, in a, you know, they, the whole genetic lottery and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff is just like, what? what is that? What does that even mean? Like, like, like they don't work hard and go to practice and oh, all that 100%, time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, I can work out as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. I can watch my diet as hard as I can. There's certain people, you know, who grew up in, you know, the southeastern part of the U.S. Mm-hmm. I will never be physically stronger than. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with my determination. That has nothing to do 
uh, with my discipline that has nothing that 100% genetics mm -hmm. some people can't get over that yeah I mean some well but, like that goes that goes back I, I think that goes back to the fact that people don't want to deal with their own so insecurities do you, so do you think that um so maybe that's what it is do you think that these white people are insecure about their bodies in comparison to black people 100 percent. like if you had like if i could like if i could like take my brain out of my body mm -hmm. and put it in colin kaepernick's body mm -hmm. and just like run around a football field all day mm -hmm. sign me up mm -hmm. like that just to be like to be gifted like because i think genetically colin kaepernick is like a generational physical body like taking out talents taking out decision making but just talking like the genetics of colin kaepernick's body with okay. his strength and mm -hmm. his speed and his size and his agility and his body fats. Mm -hmm. He has a generational type genetic build. I don't know how I, I don't know if we can I, scientifically Yeah, prove yeah, that. no, no, yeah. Like we're not we're you not we're mean? not sports labs. We're <laughs> right. not like we don't get to know, like go, Yeah, the sports science or the chat mm -hmm. like and like it doesn't matter what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm not growing to six seven. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna have the wingspans. And no matter what I do, I will never be able to make up for my genetic shortcomings mm -hmm. that Colin Kaepernick was born with. Mm. True. Mm -hmm. True. So, I mean, there's there's a part of that that's true. And there's also a part of and it this where is coming from hard work yeah. and dedication and will have... There's he's not the only person of that body type, correct? But he's had the mental fortitude, correct, and the consistent and the, and the discipline mm -hmm. to be able to make sure that his body is in peak position. No, yeah, to be able to perform at the level that he does. And the funny thing, if is, these guys, we we see NFL players look like amazing one year, yeah, the next year coming to camp off the earth. because and so we so you can say genetic lottery or you can say he worked his ass off but the, the funny thing is is like ironically i think that should be the exact opposite mm -hmm. like the people in the nfl should be celebrated they are the people that are the most genetically gifted but also did something with it like they have the mental capacity the mental capacity they have the mental drive they have the discipline they have mm -hmm. all of that to be able to be able to perform on that higher level mm -hmm. so if anything you should be like visibly like you should be more angry at the person that had all of those gifts and did nothing with them exactly but and that's and that's what i'm getting but at. you like, can't there's, put there's, a, you there's, can't put a face to that but though. there there's so many people like you go to back in the day you go to any hood mm -hmm. in wherever yeah every person in the hood every black person know somebody mm -hmm. that was as good as michael jordan yeah. or as good as whatever local star that came out and made it mm -hmm. there's always somebody that we knew yeah that we played it with on the playground mm -hmm. that was better than that person. but he couldn't put down the weed he couldn't put down the fork it's not even uh, that he might have got hurt yeah you or yeah I mean? they, they were all life got in the way what things happen some yeah. people just aren't they just don't have the mental and mentally yeah because yeah. when you get to the nfl everybody's pretty much the same mm -hmm. and then the what separates them is your work ethic. Correct. Who's going to work harder? 100% agree. People will say, oh, Kobe Bryant, you know, oh. genetic lottery. Man, mm -mm. Kobe Bryant worked harder than every single person. Kobe. Michael Jordan worked mm -hmm. harder than everybody. Yeah. First one in, last one out. Kobe Bryant wanted to rip your heart out. Kobe Bryant lived in Staples Center, bro. Oh, yeah. No. He didn't see his family. No, yeah. All he did was work out. 
And it's funny because it's like it's like those people are like the ones like especially when they get done like I feel like like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was the same thing where like he eat he from sun up like from like you know well waking up to going to bed football nothing mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And like how like getting off and on like another thing is just like like once that's gone how do you turn that off? No. Yeah, like that's I know that's a different conversation yeah. for a different time, but like, how do you redirect that focus, that drive? Like, like that would be an interesting conversation for like, because I'd always thought, because like I think it because it, it like actually probably more manifests in like Barkley and Jordan, where like they have like you know the gambling addictions and the golf addictions and things like that, where mm-hmm. like you know the body fails but the drive doesn't. Like, and how do you transition out of that? It's very tough. I mean, that's that's more of a that's an emotional type of. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But I think that also gets back to what we're talking about as well, is that it's much easier to just say, "Well, this person won the genetic lottery," mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at myself. Well, like you, that, you know, I sucked and I didn't I didn't yeah, achieve what I wanted to I, achieve. I, I waste. I, I wish I could be that guy. I have plenty of wasted opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> When I grew up, at 14 years old, I had my life figured out. Mm. I was going to be in the WWF. I was going to be a professional wrestler, and my life was set. Mm. And you know what I did? I didn't do do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't get myself in shape. I didn't do the research on, you know, how to pursue my dreams. Um, I didn't do anything other than watching Monday Night Raw on Monday nights <laughs> and the Monday Night Wars. That's, that's all I did. Mm-hmm. And then life came at me. Concussions came at me. Obesity came at me. And it was just one of those things where, you know, uh, it was a squandered opportunity. Mm. Or like, you know, that, that, that person that you liked growing up. And like, oh, I would be the happiest man alive if I could make that woman my wife. Mm-hmm. Even though like with all projections, all pre- preconceived notions, you have no idea what this person is, but you are convinced in your teenage brain, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with that woman. But mm-hmm. you never even asked her to the dance. Mm-hmm. And you have to live with that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And then all of those things pile up. And so it's it's harder to emotionally and mentally deal with the fact that you, if you could do it over again, you would do 100 things different. But it's, it's easier to be mad at someone else whose life turned out how your life would have turned out if you had made all the right choices. It's easier to project hate on that than deal with the ramifications of the, the opportunities that you yourself squandered. So once again, I'm going to go back. Okay. I'm going to go back. Okay. Because when you say that, mm-hmm. it's like... How could how how can my life mm-hmm. and wherever I live in mm-hmm. the country that is nowhere near oh, where yeah. these people live? Yeah. How does my life affect them? It doesn't. It doesn't. But if, so is it so is is the so to me the way that I see it, mm-hmm. it's just passed down. But, stereotypes oh, and yeah. hatred for I don't know for what what reason I don't know what the if it's envy insecurity hatred is taught or if it's just a heritage of mm-hmm. this is what we do we hate other people yeah I don't know yeah I'm trying to figure it out if they're for whatever that's worth but you can't you can't tell someone that they're hateful when they don't believe it themselves like so these people don't think that they hate yeah 
what what do they think about themselves and their attitudes towards other people? Do that they they're th- right. Oh, they just think that they're right. They just think that they're right. Okay, so it's no... They don't think they have any... They just know they're right. Mm, cognitive dissonance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's 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 narcissism. It mm-hmm. is textbook narcissism. Mm. Like, the person who's never wrong. Mm-hmm. And we know who we're talking about, but we don't have to name him. Mm-hmm. He's in D.C. When has he ever admitted to being wrong? Of course. Right. Everyone has that, and everyone also can relate to the fact that the person who's never wrong, mm. even when they're pointed out for being wrong, they'll take credit for the fact that they helped you grow, but they will never admit defeats. Mm-hmm. It's narcissism. Mm-hmm. But no one wants to be called a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Even if you're diagnosed with narcissism, that person's wrong. <laughs> it's much easier to be right than admitting defeats and then realizing that you have some stuff that you have to work on. Because if you're found if you're if you're found out that there's something that's wrong about you, then you have the moral obligation to fix it. But it's so much easier to be lazy and say, no, I'm right. That person's ungrateful. That person should be happy for what they have. Man up and stand up and go play your little game that you get paid more than I will make in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. What's we're not talk we don't have to talk about what's right or what's wrong. Let's talk about what's easier. Mm. what's the path of least resistance because self-discovery is tough it is you have to take some serious looks in the mirror like and you have to like break apart things like preconceived notions that are going to cost you like they're going to cost you time they're going to cost you anger they might even cost you friends and family Mm. or you can take you know what that person's ungrateful so what was different about you, man? How did you break out of this? You weren't, it doesn't seem like that trickled down and infected you and created this mind state within you that you are everything that you were raised I wouldn't say, within. I say it's, I would say it stunted me. It stunted you, but you're, but you have grown. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I, but like, as someone, so was it because you were in it because you had forced yourself to be in a different environment and you I accepted s- that? No, I saw the path. What was that? My grandpa. Okay. Um, okay. My grandpa, he was very two faced. Mm. If we were out in public, nicest man you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Everyone would love or like how I'm like, and like, I would have people that would pull me to a side. It's like, you have no idea how lucky you are to have him as a grandpa. Mm. And I couldn't say anything because, mm-hmm. like, they they don't see it. But behind the scenes, he was a very emotionally and mentally abusive person. Mm. I can I lost count of how many times he'd tell me that I ain't gonna amount to shit, mm. or being an emotionally abusive to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like my grandma was a saint. Why my grandma didn't leave my grandpa? I don't know. And. Um, but I was raised a lot by my grandma, and I saw the um, the effects of emotional abuse on the people that he lashed out on. Like, um, I'm Norwegian. I'd like to think that I mean, I'm I'm. You've never seen you've never seen rage from me. I'm assuming. I have not. There's a lot of rage in me. I've heard massive. I've fuse. heard of a you know an episode or two, but I've never mm, seen it. Never massive fuse. Okay. Um, and that's going to be something that's going to be with me till the day I die. Doesn't have to be. No, well, but like, but what I'm saying is, is like, 
it comes out when I the emotional triggers from my grandfather mm -hmm. and there's a certain times happens about once or twice a year mm. there'll be a certain customer that'll call me in and then I'll hit every single emotional trigger that my grandpa did mm -hmm. and I have to leave the building because mm -hmm. I'm gonna freak out and I'm gonna get fired yeah. like there's there's no way around it and that's that's part of the emotional scarring that is on my heart and on my soul and mm -hmm. I'm gonna have that mm -hmm. um, but it was consciously I saw the path of what that does because also when you're that person you can't be loved mm. I couldn't change my grandpa mm -hmm. he didn't want to everybody was out to get him and he was one of those people whose brain biochemistry only secreted serotonin whenever there was turmoil in the world whenever there was chaos in the world and whenever there was a depression I lived every year knowing that um, I was, we were going into a depression, mm. even though we had no solid foundation of bat facts and base. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that I wanted to be thinking logic and I wanted to think, I wanted to lead with love and mm. I wanted to lead uh, a life where I can positively influence people because mm -hmm. I've seen what happens when negative things happen. And just because I'm positive doesn't mean I'm real. There's some crazy stuff out there it takes a i believe it takes a very strong individual to say yeah there's a lot of chaos in this world but i'm going to choose to fill it with love mm -hmm. like i will understand that there's people that are going to try and take advantage of me or think down of me or think uh that i'm not real or know what actually is happening mm -hmm. but i do mm -hmm. but i'm consciously saying that i'm not going to subscribe to that and i'm going to fill my community with love mm -hmm. i learned that in opposite of my grandfather and um uh, uh, just uh, so it's it's all good, bro. Just uh, yeah, and it's um, it's defiance actually. Mm -hmm. Um, the first time I ever went on a date with a on a black with a black chick, it was uh, actually just because I wanted to find the person who was so everything that embodied what my grandpa couldn't stand, and mm -hmm. I was going to take her out on a date. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually out of rage that I did that. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that they're just human beings. Mm -hmm. And there's really and it was like the, the the greatest blessing that actually happened and while I went through a lot of turmoil to get there, it was a blessing that I was able to learn that because I learned what happens. And at the end of the day, uh, I was I actually had to pronounce my grandpa because I was the first person cuz he he died, I call it three stooges disease. Yeah, uh, congestive heart failure, ulcerative colitis, type two diabetes, whole bunch, arthritis. Um, and he just shriveled up mm -hmm. for two years. And um, I remember the day I saw him dead and no one was there. Mm -hmm. It was just me, mm -hmm. an emotionally trained person, mm -hmm. how to pronounce him. And it was me and my dad and my brother and we were all living there and we were at our wits end. Dementia is hard. Uh, but I remember that and I remember seeing him dead and I remember feeling nothing like, emotionally nothing mm. and then the guilt came in because I didn't feel I didn't mourn him I, I have not mourned like I have not mourned my grandfather nor felt the need to mourn my grandfather mm. and that's really messed up to think about because like when you die you want to think that you've made a positive impact and to leave someone who's literally your blood so emotionally damaged that you don't even mourn for him 
like think about that for a minute like i can't imagine bro yeah and so um like thinking about that makes you really think about you know what kind of life you want to lead on this world because if you're going to be so emotionally manipulative and things to like that that you can't even have someone mourn for you mm-hmm. like that that's on my grandpa mm-hmm. that's not on me mm-hmm. like i i'll i'll take i mean because i don't have to feel anything other than how i feel yeah and so like if i can't feel like that like especially for someone who's my blood I'll be happy for the lessons learned, but man, I don't, I don't want to have, I didn't want to have that destiny. Like, like when I walk into a room, everyone tightens up like, oh God, Kyle's here now. I don't want that. Yeah. I want to like, you can, I believe that people are either sales or anchors. They can lift you up or they can weigh you down. Mm. And if you really think about that, if you go through every person that's in your phone book, you could literally categorize them as an anchor or a sale. Mm. There's, they don't hover around the middle. Mm. That's so, real. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I wanted to like purposely live my life. Mm. And like you have to think about that cuz like you are the the you are the sum of the 10 people you spend most time with. And like you can see if you hang out like like when your your parents are saying, "Oh, I don't want you hanging out with that person. That person's a bad dude." Mm. Like they're really because like if you hang out with someone like that, you're going to pick up on that. That's real. Yeah. I forgot why, like, I, I forgot what, we were, what the initial uh, no, man, thought was. Oh, no. oh, 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 uh, because you were wanting to talk about, like, how uh, small town farmers, how they're affected by that. No, no, no. I was I was getting to the point of how you didn't turn out that way. Oh, oh. Um, and it was, you know, you, you yeah, seen, you it seen was, the path through your grandpa. Yeah, yeah. I saw the path from that mm-hmm. because um, I... And not only that, like the person that I'm going to spend the, the rest of my life with whenever I meet that person, mm-hmm. I don't want that to be like my grandma. Like, mm. like I, between that and um, also my mom, one second. Do it to it. My mom, when she divorced my dad, I love my mom and I love my dad. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that's a completely different dichotomy because I look at my mom. My mom is, well, it's ironic because her name is Kathy because she's such a chatty Kathy. She mm-hmm. will talk, 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 talk. My dad and I can have a great conversation, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. easily done. And mm-hmm. then we're just hanging out in silence and it's cool because that's, that's our personalities. Mm-hmm. And I look at my mom and my dad and I look at the two of them and I'm like, how did you even think you were compatible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But my mom um, went through a string of bad stepdads as well. Mm. And so I saw, as I was growing up as well, the the toll that it takes being in, in toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to be with, I didn't want to be in that path. Like, I want to be the light. I don't want to be the toxin. You can mm. either be the, the cure or the poison. And so it's literally just having to take a step back and saying, you know, yeah, there's a bunch of chaos based off of all of this mm-hmm. and it's very easy to stop there and then but if you want to take it one step further you ask like okay how do i make this how do i make it to where i'm the solution and the pillar in someone's life as opposed to being the person who is causing more harm than good mm-hmm. and honestly like they were probably suffering just as much as my as my family and um uh, my mom was like mm. 
I'm pretty sure my grandpa suffered a lot. But he decided to become the victim of it instead of an advocate for his own life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's powerful, bro. <laughs> Seriously, man. Like, that is that is powerful. Yeah. So, it makes, like, it makes sense. While yeah. you're living, why you're living your life the way that you are. Yeah. And... Uh, at the end, I know that's actually a really good. That's a really good point, and I think another thing is, is that like small town USA, like and getting back to the Colin Kaepernick thing, like it's much easier to be the victim of circumstance mm -hmm. than, you know, just being the advocate for their own life and then you know being able to turn their life around and living their life in full expression. But I think we as people, no matter what situation you're in, mm -hmm. uh, everybody feels like the victim a lot. It doesn't matter it's, what but, culture you come yeah. from, because uh, you know our president what, is the victim. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like uh, because we we live in a you know mm -hmm. in the, under the, the paradigm of cause and effect, right? Yeah. So the reason why this is because something happened. Yeah. But you can so if, there's but there's there's if, two ways to live though. Yeah. And not everyone lives both ways. So you can live in the cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Or you can be the cause of the effect. Exactly. And so if you don't take on that initiative to, to be the cause mm -hmm. of your own and yeah. create a new result, and then, you create the new result as opposed to letting everything else come and oh, affect yeah. you, then yeah, that, you're going to feel like that every time mm -hmm. something else happens outside of you. Oh, well, it's not my fault. They got the genetic lottery. Or, yeah. And victims or, can't or, be solutions. So we, we as black people will say, certain people will say, you got the genetic lottery. Yeah, because of the color of my because skin. Because of color of your skin. Correct. So that's why I was, I was like, genetic lottery. Oh, I, was like, wow. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, bro. I'm like, I, I was like, you say genetic lottery. Like, we say you got the genetic no, you, lottery. No, like, I, we, didn't, we, what, I didn't even what, think about what, that. What black people say is, you have the complexion for the protection. That's what we say. Oh, damn. <laughs> so when we get pulled over, it, our, our skin is a death sentence. Yeah. You get pulled over, oh, shoot, you good. Yeah. <laughs> so when I hear genetic lottery from a white person, I'm like, are what? you serious? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? No, yeah, no, no, 100%. You got the complexion for the protection. Like, you're good. I didn't, I, I never even thought about that. <laughs> Dude, oh, man. Damn, I was like, I was like, all right, continue. continue yeah, yeah, no. Genetic like, lottery let's, business. Let's go down this, lo let's yeah. go down this rabbit hole. Cause like, yeah. you're, like, I don't want to stop you too short. You're going to come back and literally just blow my mind. Yeah, man. That but. is wild. No, yeah. <laughs> Like literally, like I would love to just be able, cause like, um, and just speaking from an inferiority complex, you know, growing up as a twin mm -hmm. and being the weaker twin, mm -hmm. and growing up on the farm where like the your your masculinity is based off of how much hay you can buck, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. how fast you can run to catch the stray cow that has wandered off from the herd. Mm. And so just like, you know, coming from an inferiority complex from all of that, because my brother is like the the, the genetically person, like perfect Norwegian farmer, like, mm. like just, well, you've seen him. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's country strong mm -hmm. is the best way of saying it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Coming from that, like, you know, I could relate to, you know, I feel like that also gave me the ability to relate to people who weren't, you know, Naturally, up to standard. Yeah. Yeah. Like people, and like, I, I didn't, I, I don't know, but yeah, that just, oh God, like my mind is just <laughs> blown right now. Cause I'm just like, man, I just, I just want to take Colin Kaepernick's body to the gym and just run around and be like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> 
Oh, that's dude. My, my mind is blown. That's epic. Genetic lottery. Genetic lottery. Yeah. That is hilarious. That is wow. <laughs> but that's so that's funny that you said that you mentioned that about your brother though. So yeah. you guys, I mean, you're you're twins. Of course. The exact same DNA. Always going to be a yeah. You know, yeah. where he is whatever. He oh, comes yeah. out the way that he comes out, you come out the way you yeah. come out. And I mean also like this was also learning my own individuality because there's also an interesting dichotomy when it comes to being a twin because you can either be the like mirror images but more often than not because i was never also rec- growing up i was never recognized as an individual mm-hmm. like people could as crazy as this sounds because you, you've met kevin oh yeah how much of how alike do we look you guys you don't you look alike but you don't have the same countenance so i can easily tell yeah. who's kevin who's within Kyle. Under five seconds. Yeah, I was like, oh, tell. man, he looks just like Kyle, but I could tell. Yeah. Some people I can't tell, mm-hmm. but you guys, I can, I can tell. Growing up, mm-hmm. like, teachers and classmates couldn't tell us apart, mm-hmm. which boggled our minds. Mm-hmm. And so, like, literally, there was also this crazy dichotomy where, like, if people aren't, because, like, they couldn't tell us apart to the point where they just, like, they were like, we give up. We're just going to call you Kildall. Mm. Like, and so just imagine, like, growing up to where, like, you're not even considered an individual. Yeah, I can't. And so a lot of where I came from is also just the 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 revolt against, you know, a small town living that won't even like recognize me as an individual. Mm. You know? Yeah. Cuz everyone wants to be like felt, you know, maybe this is me being a snowflake, but everyone wants to feel special and felt like an individual. No, that's just basic human. That, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's another thing like I think um when you're talking to someone who is projecting hate on someone, like, like you can't be the victim if you're being hated on by another victim, and I think that's what all like the uh, the snowflake rhetoric is. What's the snowflake rhetoric? Anybody who's like 100% like, oh, you know, I'm an individual. I'm gonna be a YouTube like, they, um, like I'm different than everybody. Yeah, I'm different and special. Mm-hmm. And so, like everybody, like, and I think, like, honestly. Like you're special when you take something that you're passionate about and actually become pat like become live it out, live it out exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think well, it was just like you know, oh, there's this person who is actually outliving life passionately and something that makes them feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That you know just turns them into a snowflake or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times also when you feel the vic when you are the victim. You can all. It's very easy for you to demonize those who are completely different from you as well, mm-hmm. because you know you can't be miserable if it's because of everybody else just being wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> this yeah. is good, bro. Cool. This is good. I've I mean, had I've had an absolute blast. Man, me too, bro. I mean, you almost brought me to tears. Really? You you were you were holding back and I was just like, man, please don't cry. <laughs> like, well, it's like please it's, do not cry. And it's man. funny because like I, I'm a, I'm actually, I'm an easy cry. So like and it's weird because like um I there's a lot of things I guard. Mm-hmm. Like I'd like to think that I'm liked by everybody that I work with and I hang out with, but not a lot of people actually get to real know the real me because mm-hmm. It's not like that, mm-hmm. but like a lot of times, and it's like we find a lot, like all the things that you guard. Mm-hmm. It's like, you okay there, buddy? You throwing up? Oh no, he's just he, he's he's an, he's a senior dog. Okay. <laughs> but um, he uh, um, there's a lot of things that I don't tell 
a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is highly ironic because I've been saying a lot of personal stuff on a podcast <laughs> that's going to be broadcast to the world. But it, it's 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 interesting just because a lot of times, you know, I don't bring this up. One, because it takes a lot for me to trust someone to talk about it. But two, like it's it's like sometimes it's hard to be able to talk about hurts because mm-hmm. like a lot of times and I think a lot of times where we we are in a society that you're not allowed to talk about stress and you're not allowed to talk about hurts mm-hmm. and then uh, by doing that you end up hurting yourself even more by the fact that you're not dealing with hurts mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's just like when you're talking like when I'm talking to you and you're opening up a lot of things that are in your world that cause hurts it's hard to not open yourself up to other things that are about hurts and when you're your people just that are trying to both cope with hurts and advocate for a future that doesn't cause the same hurts to either yourself or people around you that you love, then there's so much common ground that can be gained just off of that specific coming of the minds together. Because mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like everybody that I grew up with, that's still the same. They're trying to build a future for them and their families and cause them less hurts than they received. But until you understand what your own hurt is and yourself as a man or a woman, then you're just destined to just live your life by happenstance where you don't really know if you're helping or hurting mm-hmm. because you're just consciously ignorant or yeah, no, unconsciously going, ignorant. Unconsciously, you're just going through the you're, motions. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times, like... Like, especially like when you like see these shows that are like, you know, therapy and things like that or like marriage counseling where like there'll be all like all these revelations will come out and they'll be like, I never knew. Mm -hmm. Well, you never knew because you never you never got to know either your partner or yourself what was really causing your hurts. I'd like to at least think of the fact like I'm at the point of my life where there's something that's causing me stress or anxiety. I can at least try and get hopefully close to the root of it. Mm hmm. And so I think that's probably where like, I get to live a lot freer just because if there's stress, like I can at least get to the point of it, Yeah, which is also a bad thing because when you're trying to tell your manager, it's just like, hey, what's going on? I'm just like, oh man, I ate something that I shouldn't have and now I'm just absolutely like like with a uh, with Christmas weekend, like I ate a bunch of bad food and I couldn't get my head out of my butt to save my life, mm. just because I'm like my body is like sugar detoxing, mm. and like trying to relate that to your manager is the most unmasculine thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad because like there's a, there's a blessing and a curse that comes with that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Nah, man. Yeah. Well, I must say, um. It's been a long time coming as far as like... This has been fun. It's been fun. This has been so much fun. It's been amazing. And I have to mention like my initial impression of you. Oh, it's probably completely different. (laughs) When I first started working here versus Uh to like over the past couple years. Yeah. Really. I'm curious about this. Over the past year. Uh So when I first started, when we first started working together. On the second floor. On the second floor. I was just like, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) This dude is always laughing loud. Uh Uh-huh. He's always cracking the worst, corniest jokes. Horrible. Terrible jokes. Yes. And I, and it, it just, it, it got at me because I consider myself a student of comedy. Yeah. 
And when I hear comedy being just butchered, butchered <laughs> on a daily basis, I'm like, man, if you don't stop, right, with these bad jokes, right, I'm about to throw something at you. This is really bad. Like, if this is me before kids, just what it's gonna be like if I actually get to dad, enjoy dad jokes. Your dad jokes are gonna be <laughs> next Horrible. level, bro. Horrible. You're gonna be a YouTube star with dad. I'm with gonna dad be, jokes. Oh god, it's gonna be bad. But uh, it'll yeah. be good. Your kids will love it. But um, <laughs> so there was that, and I'm just like it. You, I've never met anybody like you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, in a weird way. And I've grown a lot over the past couple of years as yeah. well. So I had a, a very limited scope of, uh, you know, I would I would honestly be very judgmental. Wow. And uh, write somebody off quick. I get judged hard. And so, because you're so open. You're just different, man. Yeah. But I was just like, man, this dude is always cracking. Like, And you laugh. You would laugh at your own jokes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, and I'm if, just if like, I don't laugh at my own jokes, who will? And I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> Like no, you cannot laugh at your own. Like what? Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Who, right? Who who authorized him laughing at his right? own jokes? Who who encouraged that? Right. So uh, you know, just stupid pet peeves of mine. Um, but at the end of the day, bro, like you're mm-hmm. very honest, like, very transparent, mm-hmm. very down to earth. Very like you're you don't mean you don't have you don't mean any harm by no. anything. You don't have any ill will. No. You don't have a. A, a mean bone in your body, bro. For no. lack of a better term, you know yeah. what I mean. And I realized that over time, I'm just like what, like what? Why don't I like Kyle? <laughs> because of my perceived level of comedic whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, that's it's like stupid. That's so co- dumb, man. The coolest people in the world are like the people who are unapologetically them. Mm-hmm. Like at the at the essence of my core, I believe that. Whether you love me or you hate me, you will at least respect the fact that you know exactly who I am and who I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not here trying to sugarcoat anything or I'm not here to uh, try and make you like me. Like, there's plenty of people who don't like me. To them, good luck to them. Wish them luck and love. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're e- whether you like me or you hate me, at least you're going to know who I am. Right. I feel like that's the most honest way I can live life. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you've had the same energy since I met you. You have... I can tell you've like grown and evolved as a person. Of course, uh, your jokes have gotten better. Best you thing won fantasy football. <laughs> you didn't make any bad trades. You actually we, took we, some we, of my advice. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you have grown. Like things are happening. I'm surprised Todd Gurley good. hasn't broke his back for how long he's been carrying me. Hey man. <laughs> Hey, he carried everybody into, he did. He did. into a championship this year. I, I want to see that stat at the end of the year. How, how, what percentage of teams? Oh, it has to be. Yeah, Tiger. Oh, it had to because he was or, no, because he was like in the second round. So as long as you did, because like I, the only reason I won my league is the fact that I didn't ruin my first round pick, mm-hmm. which is ironic because I was literally trying to choose between Jay Ajay and Devonte Freeman. Good God! Thank God! Yeah. Uh, thank God! Jay Ajay went the pick before me because yeah. my my big scheme was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, everyone knows I'm a Dolphins homer, so I'm going to skip, because I was like the 10th pick of the draft. I'm just going to skip picking Jay Ajay in the first round and take Devonta Freeman and hope that the shock from that made him fall to the second round, because mm. I was going to pick Jay Ajay over Todd Gurley. And like, I was so heartbroken when that happened. I'm just like, and then like, uh, I think it was like AJ Green was picked. I'm like, oh, that was going to be my receiver. Mm. And then I'm just like going down, ticking down. I'm just like, man, am I really going to have to take Todd Gurley? 
all right because <laughs> everybody knows me as the rb hoarder as well so i'm just oh, like yeah. man i'm gonna be that dude again i know, hoarding it, all, RBs. I know it all too well <laughs> that's why i didn't like it. you hit you kept hoarding rbs <laughs> every year in fantasy you're like man who is this guy right why did why do you need six running backs <laughs> oh, but no i, I say all that to say man like this has been fun. No, yeah, I, I totally like have had a, a one eighty in my mind. That that's you. appreciated. And, uh, it, but it's it's been for a while. But I just wanted to tell you that. Like, that that's like I think one of the worst sayings and one of the most toxic sayings is the term that goes without saying. Mm. Because there's a lot of people. Um, I read the the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Transformative book. Okay. And a lot of people like don't even realize because there's a, a funny joke between an old couple. Where like the wife is is complaining to the husband, he's like, "You never tell me that you love me. Why don't you ever tell me you love me?" And the the husband looks at the wife, he's like, "I told you I love you on our wedding day. If that changes, I'll tell you." <laughs> but like some people, like you know, it's it's like cool when you can actually like you know genuinely like have a cool conversation where there's no preconceived notions or um, uh, holdings of like hate or. Um, prejudice or things like that because like you had every right knowing me and be like oh there's this just like cracked out little white boy like who doesn't have any preconceived notions of life and just like tight cast me away and not have to deal with me even though i'm pretty loud and it's pretty hard not to deal with me but that's another story uh but it's it's kind of cool because like a lot of times when we talk at at work like we talk about the most random things and while mm-hmm. we don't really have a chance, I think this is probably the most in-depth conversation that we've probably ever had. Oh, by far. By far. <laughs> by but far. like the fact of like, I could like between like our small dealings, like I could tell that you're an honest and virtuous man. And while growing up, we probably had the most opposite um, upbringings. For sure. But by the fact that like our visions and intentions towards our, our views for the future, even if we disagree on things, the fact that we're on the same wavelength of what we're trying to accomplish as a core, mm-hmm. like the the tactics of how we get there are just fun conversations and fun things to just kind of dive into. Yeah, for sure. Like you just blew my mind tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe as a white man coming on a black <laughs> podcast, like talking about how you won the genetic lottery. Oh my God, I am a hypocrite. <laughs> I'll put it like, but I'll put it this way. Uh huh. I don't ascribe to race, so this is oh, a black yeah. podcast. Oh, okay. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> as as no. uh, uh, yeah, I feel a, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but but I feel you. And uh, and there was something I was gonna say too. Um, it totally slipped my mind. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. There's yeah, man. <laughs> there's always next time. Yeah. But this is awesome, bro. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. So anytime. Oh, what I wanted to say was you were you were speaking on it, and um, I'll just say a few things that I was thinking about. The, one of the reasons why I, I created this was for what you're saying for people to be come on here, be mm-hmm. honest, be open. The thing that I hated about society, uh, especially pre-Trump, and then Trump kind of broke open the mold. Yeah. But pre-Trump, everything was very politically correct. Mm-hmm. Everything in society was telling us to not be ourself. Mm-hmm. Correct. Don't speak honestly about who you are, mm-hmm. what you believe, what religion, what worldview you have, what things that you don't know mm-hmm. that you want to find, you know, insight on because you'll get crucified for not knowing. You'll yeah. be called ignorant, whatever. And it's just like 
and we can't we can't continue to let outside forces that yeah corporations or whoever determine who we are outside of and our like, nine to five like that's ridiculous yeah to me. and we're like we're not also because like the the funny i think another thing that's kind of shaped who i am is like i think as also as a society we are not allowed as individuals to have personal revelations yeah like what like because like not only that like let's say for example like when i was obese mm-hmm. and the day that I get, I'll, I'll break it down to a different way because um, with my medical condition, I have a condition called wheat belly. I'm not celiac, but my body can't process wheat, and so it just turns into fats like around my midsection. So, like, I literally can't do it. Mm. And imagine talking to my family that is a um, a very conservative meat potato sandwich type, mm. saying I can't eat gluten anymore from here on out. Can't have bread. It can't have anything breaded. Anything like that. Just, just can't do it. Mm. I was, sl- I was crucified for that. Like, what are you talking about? Right. You've been eating this your entire life. Like, you like. I want to talk to the person who told you that. I'm going to set them straight. <laughs> like, I'm going to set them. I straight. was not allowed to have a personal revelation. Like, yeah. I wasn't allowed to break myself. To become a better version of myself mm. because like what happens to like my family or what happened like the if i was dating someone at the time like if i have a self-revelation does that make me someone that my the someone else in my family or someone that i'm dating can't love which mm. i think it like the the that mind frame is horrible it's terrible like because if you can't grow as a person like i hope that the person that i end up being with is a person that's always going to continue like growing as themselves, finding themselves and falling in love with them themselves because that process of them is going to make me love them even harder. Mm. But finding someone who's afraid to work on themselves for fear that it's going to push me away, I think is a lot more prevalent. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to work. No. <laughs> no. Out, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be dying alone in an articulated man at the senior citizens. It's like, let me talk to you about gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man. Uh, Mrs. Wright is out there. Oh yeah, she's out. There. Oh yeah. I don't know if it's Tinder, coffee bagels. You know what the funny thing is? Is knowing me, I'll probably meet like some like uh, some really uh, uh, passionate vegan. <laughs> Can't go wrong. I mean, uh, that'll and that'll fit your dietary. No, it won't. No, vegans can eat gluten but not protein. Oh, oh. oh. Oh, so that's the total contradiction. Total contradiction. It, yeah. Well. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like I'll be making her peanut butter jellies while I have like my sweet potatoes and pork chops. Well, I mean, here's a buddy of mine. He's married to a vegetarian and he barbecues like religiously. Yeah, but like at the same aspect though, is like as long as their core beliefs are in right in line with each other, everything else is just spice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, man. So at the end of the day, you know, one thing I recognize is. We're not all going to agree. We might as well get along because we're here. Exactly. I mean, as long as you can come together on the same vision, yeah. then you can find solutions to the problems. Exactly. But I mean, the cool thing about your podcast is you're bringing around people and helping them open their eyes to the fact that we're all on the same path and the same vision. And once you can get that common ground, then you can much more constructively work towards solutions. Real talk. And even Real if talk. we don't come to a solution, at least you know what the other side Hell yeah. What their perspective is. Hell yeah. And so you can work with something real as opposed to your own, like you're saying, definitely. Emotions, so. Definitely. 
Yeah, man. This was good. Uh, yeah. An hour and 50 minutes. I was going to break this up, but I was like, nah, we got we to we we keep it going. We were riffing for a while. No, nah, it was good. Every, nice. minute of it, every minute of it was solid. Good luck editing this. I'm not. It's gonna be. It's gonna be raw. Oh, it's gonna be raw. It's raw, man. Oh, that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, straight raw audio, man. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. If you guys um have any questions, man, reach out to me at sx sx sndls on Twitter at sx sndls on Instagram. My personal Instagram, Emmanuel since eighty five. Kyle, how can the people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm very basic. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Kyle Kildall, Twitter at Kyle Kildall, K-I-L-D-A-L. Um, also, I've got a great product line. Uh, I sell nutritional uh, products through a company called Isogenics, amazing mm. company. Uh, KyleKildall.isogenics.com. But honestly, whether you laughed, cried, or thought I was a crazy white boy, just thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all. We appreciate y'all. Um, once again, this is the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Grace and peace to you all. Yes, good news, that good news, I'm evidence. Oh, I gave you the truest me, my truest speech, true and deep from the loosest leaves of my loose leaf, my flaws and all, see? I'm fragile, but by grace I am choosing peace over losing sleeping. I must say these sandals fit quite nicely over these pre-release. Nike sacks, Birkenstocks, oh what a faux pas. Unmasked, unabashed, unashamed. Uh, hear the voice set of unacclaimed, yeah. Hear the voice set of unacclaimed. Maybe that's a taboo. Maybe it's a fad, but maybe just a fact. I was used to wearing bad shoes, uh. Nike sacks, Birkenstocks.